0: I think one of the biggest things that we face in our industry is people not wanting to uh, initially connect with a mortgage specialist. And if
1: you're serious, well, that's, I, it's because it's boring. But what's exciting about getting pre-approved for a mortgage when I can go and look at shiny houses.
0: Special episode guys, this is a uh, stress test related, uh, straight off the press. Yesterday, the Bank of Canada held the overnight lending rate as expected, so we're happy to say that the rate's held. Uh, that being said, we're going to update you on the current stress test. Uh, this is uh, Andrew Roach. I'm Ross Bridges. We are here with the r and Real Estate Show, helping you find your way home. I hope you enjoy as we educate you a little bit on preparing yourself for, for buying your home or looking at your financing options.
1: Yeah. So uh, like you said, you know, the, uh, the new stress test uh, has been announced. It was announced uh, uh, a few days ago anyway, but um, it's always nice to kind of get a, get a feel for, you know, how, how the market's going to react to that, how lenders are going to react to that, how um, you know, mortgage brokers are going to react to that. And then I guess when I say lenders, I mean like, you know, different packages, how quickly they start rolling out any of their changes, et cetera. Right. So uh, so you know, what, what is a stress test, right? What is the stress test? Um, the stress test is, um, it's, a, it's a, a theoretical interest rate that you might have to, you might have to one day actually be able to afford, right? So when, when you and I go out and purchase a home, uh interest rates right now are crazy low as we all know um certainly adding to the you know adding fuel to the fire as far as uh housing demand goes and and trying to uh uh you know the demand of of the housing market and what's pushing prices up i mean one of the reasons anyways um but when you you know when you guys you and i go out and and look for an interest rate you shop and around you get an interest rate of you know sub two percent um it's free money uh, but that doesn't mean that that's what you qualify on right so your contract rate and your qualifying rate are very different your contract rate is the actual interest rate that you will be paying that's the actual interest rate the rate the the rate attached to your contract right whether it's a fixed rate that'll be your fixed rate for the term of your contract whether it's two three four five years if you take a 10 year whatever the case may be if it's a variable rate that'll fluctuate with whatever prime is. And that gross, like you said, overnight uh, interest rate was held. So that would, that would be tied to the, uh, to the prime lending rate uh, would be tied to your, uh, your variable rate, interest, uh, variable interest rate, sorry. So anybody with a variable rate mortgage, your mortgage interest rate didn't change last night. Um, so that, so your contract rate is what you actually pay. Your qualifying rate is what you are, qualified on, right? So you use your gross debt service ratio and your total debt service ratio and those numbers are applied to, um, uh, sorry, your mortgage rate is applied to the qualifying rate, which currently is uh, 4.79%. And what they're proposing and what they have proposed and what's actually going to be coming in June 1st is uh is 5.25 percent so it's going up just under 50 basis points or, or half a percentage right uh so that so the qualifying rate is going up so what's the significance of that the significance of that is it's it you can't afford you can't qualify i should say for as much mortgage uh as you can now right so in june you won't be able to you won't be able to qualify for as much now if you're one of those um you know just more conservative buyers I've got a handful of them right now that are you know qualified for seven you know 750 but your your comfort zone is 600 that, that won't affect you at all uh, but for those of you that are maybe less conservative and like to you know push the envelope a little bit and, and maximize your buying power if you're buying at your max then your max is about to drop right so I think that's probably why we're seeing another resurgence, you know, of of uh, of interest right now. Is after that was um, that was announced a few days ago, there's extra demand that's being pushed into the marketplace as people uh, try to get out there and purchase a home uh, ahead of June first when the mortgage stress test comes into play.
0: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I mean, this will create the second wave uh, in terms of what we're going to see with uh, an accelerated spring market. We will see a A Booming spring market with people wanting to enter the market uh, increased uh, inventory, but uh, it's saying that you're uh, basically you're going to be reducing your buying power by about 4% as Andrew just illustrated. So, and this will come into effect as of June 1st. So the importance right now for you guys for definitely locking in your rates. There's nothing more important right now than making sure that we can put you in contact with, uh, we've got some amazing mortgage specialists. I know that Andrew and I are both going to be reaching out to our mortgage specialists and, and giving you guys some additional information, um, immediately so that we can share that with you. But the concern right now for any of you out there is is going like the bank's concerns or the banks, uh, you know, obviously is that they're worried about household debt, uh, and then being able to control household debt. So uh, they're going to make sure that we can qualify for, for less. What you can do to ensure that you're going to be able to qualify for more. And this might be, uh, over the coming months, it's not going to happen overnight, but, um, you know, ensuring that your credit rating is good, restoring credit. Uh, you might have to look at reducing your debt. Um, maybe looking in areas where there's lower taxes, um, less condo fees. If you're, if you're entering the market. Be very concerned with um, with if you're pulling your credit in any situation because uh, like blanket consent where they could be pulling your credit is something that we definitely need to be concerned about because they keep pulling your credit, keep pulling your credit. That's going to lower it. Like we've talked about in in episodes previously, please don't be going out and buying. Like if you buy your home, don't be going out and buying a car or buying furniture and financing it uh, because it's just going to create additional uh, stresses, um, uh, play on words for the stress test, uh, for <laughs> what you're going to be facing, uh, when you take uh, possession of your home, the banks will not like that. And they're looking for any excuse to reprimand, uh, consumers right now.
1: Yeah. And, and when, I, mean, I guess when you're saying the bank, we're kind of talking about, you know, the bank of bank of Canada, uh, versus, you know, the very much in it for profit, uh, financial institutions that you and I see on every corner. Um, specifically it's, you know, the office of the super, superintendent of, uh, financial institutions, right. So the governing body that regulates our banking industry, uh, and insurance industry, et cetera. Right. So, um, so it's the higher powers that are concerned about, like, like Ross said, you know, the accumulation of debt, uh, that we have, uh, in going on in this country, um, we shared uh, on a previous episode. Uh, I, I can't remember which episode that was. It might have been episode eight, um, where we there was uh, there was that that uh, the Canadian housing market um, uh, that animation uh, Canadian the, the Canadian housing market going up in relation to the rest of the world, right? Where uh, you know I can't remember what it was. It was since two thousand five. I think it might have been, but regardless. Um, you know, it showed the Canadian housing market, you know, starting at like, you know, number, number nine, maybe out of 10 uh, and, and just moving throughout the decade or the last couple of decades as it, as it moved along to being not only in first place uh, by, by the percentage of increase uh, since uh, again, I think it was 2005 that that was uh, taken, but, but, being more than double the next close, being number two. Right. So I think we ended up uh, at the end of 2000 was when, when that illustration ended uh, being up more, more than uh, twice as much as uh, whoever was in second place, which I honestly, I can't remember right now, because it was so focused on how, how far ahead the Canadian housing market was ahead of, uh, of everyone else. But it's, it's that that's the concern for um uh, for all of our regulators, uh, for the bank of Canada, for our economists, et cetera. Right. Because of, because of the amount of debt that we're, that we are carrying, um, you know, in, in the housing market, right. Cause I mean, bigger housing market means bigger mortgages, which means, um, just obviously just, just more debt, more responsibility uh, on us, less, less of our, of our income going towards, um, less of our income going towards, you know, purchasing, uh, purchasing power of of just just normal consumer goods, right? Being able to invest uh, back into our own economy if it's all going towards uh, carrying costs of a mortgage, right? So um, anyways, that's kind of that's kind of where that's that's all coming from. The higher regulators, right?
0: No, and just just to kind of, uh, you know, disclaimer for all of you out there as you're as you're looking at options. um, And there's a few things here that you know, as, as the markets are changing and times are changing, we all want lower payments, but at what cost, right? Um, a lot of people are going to be wanting to, well, I mean, there's options. We all have options, but if you're looking at amortization periods, you know, please try to stick to that 25 period, 25 year period versus a 30 year period. You're just going to be paying a lot more interest long-term, uh, unless that's your only option and you, you really want to get a home. There's going to be uh you know, uh, right now it is a good time to look at, um, you know, if you want to change, uh, you know, looking at maybe refinancing, right. So if you were potentially looking at, um, renovations, heaven forbid, you're going through a separation and you're looking to do, uh, you know, a spousal buyout, right. So there are, there are many different options out there right now, but just be aware. Um, it's really painful paying down a mortgage with all the, uh, the interest that we pay. So I think it's just important to, to make sure that you're getting, there's so many products out there to offer with like home equity lines of credit and things that we've discussed in previous episodes. Um, so I think the big thing right now that we wanna emphasize is get locked in now, right? And then let's know exactly, I had an issue with clients recently where there was a date change, an amendment, and it and it caused for their interest rates to change based on two, a two day period. It was a two week, uh, change in date close. And just to protect you and there are other realtors out there, you know, if there's ever a date change, we need to be even more cognizant of protecting our clients than ever uh, to ensure that this isn't going to cost them thousands of dollars in terms of there being uh, a difference in that rate. So as we're going into these interesting markets, uh, which will be a very, very busy, busy time, uh, I think one of the things Andrew and I want to emphasize because of this is I wouldn't be waiting. You know, this is a good time to, to get into the game. You're going to have a, a lot of lot of homes coming on the market. I've said that a lot over the last episode and this one too. Um, so let's get out there. Let's get started because uh, you don't want to be going back and looking at higher interests and, and prices continuing to climb.
1: Actually, you know, you made a really good point there, Ross, actually that I, I admittedly have never thought about. Um, and that was, you know, the date change. And it seems like such a minor Um, uh, you know, concession. And sometimes it even works for you. I'm just going to change the date. You know, uh, Hey, I would like to be in the house a little bit earlier because I want to take advantage of the pool for longer or um, yeah, let's go later. It means I don't have to, you know, I don't have to spend as much time or much money here or there or whatever the case may be. And we, might just off the cuff be like, yeah, okay, that date works for me. But uh, to your point, which again, I, I never thought of it uh, double check with your mortgage broker. Does that affect your, your interest rate at all? Because, that mortgage broker may have uh, locked in a rate for you as far as um, uh, getting a rate hold, right? So you've got pre-approved, you got you locked in a rate for a specific period of time. But as we know, the fixed rates have actually been creeping up a little bit from their rock bottom, uh, what maybe about a month ago or so, right? And so if that if that makes you if that makes you uh, if that pushes you outside of that that rate hold uh, threshold. Then yeah, maybe that that two week, like you said, or a couple of days, or as maybe what you had said, puts you outside of that rate hold. In which case, your mortgage rate goes up. I don't know, maybe maybe twenty basis points or thirty basis points, and it doesn't seem like a lot. But now, hey, that 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 two weeks or that couple of days just cost you I don't know fifty bucks a month for thirty years. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so yeah, that's, that's a good point. Double check and and is talking about kind of like. Uh, you know, disclaimers, et cetera. Um, we're in the industry, we're exposed to this stuff, but we're by no means uh, professionals and experts in the mortgage field. Uh, so certainly uh, we're just trying to pass along the info for you that uh, what's, being, what's being done, um, it's a way for you to uh, to pique your curiosity and, and go talk to professionals, right? And if you need, uh, like Ross has said multiple times, if you need to speak with a fantastic mortgage broker, uh, I personally prefer mortgage brokers over bank people unless you know with absolute certainty that is a mobile mortgage rep specifically for mortgages in the bank too many times you talk to like an account manager and they're just clueless when it when it comes to mortgages right and how they actually work but even still I still I'm still going to give the nod to a mortgage broker over a bank rep um because the mortgage brokers will just have options for you, multiple options versus just kind of one product. But, but regardless, the point is the same, uh, reach out to, uh, to an expert in that field and, and, uh, get the advice uh, on your specific situation, because of course, everybody's is a little bit different, right? No, I think it's, uh, it's getting
0: organized. It's, it's having a plan and saying, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things that we face in our industry is people, not wanting to uh, initially
1: connect with a mortgage specialist. And if you're serious, it's because it's boring. But what's exciting about getting pre-approved for a mortgage when I can go and look at shiny houses? No,
0: it's like doing homework or having to do an assignment. And then it's like, oh, I got to get this. I got to get, you know, I got to go find. So, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, you might have to find your taxes. You might have to to give them information that you might not have readily available. But uh, if you don't do it, then you're just prolonging things. And I think... uh, having a plan being have a plan to attack attack the plan get it all in place so you know exactly what you can afford and locking in that rate right now man that could that could save you some that's the difference between you being able to maybe buy a like andrew said a seven hundred thousand dollar home or or you're bumped down to six six fifty where you can't afford that town home and then you're you you're looking for a freehold option or you're looking for a a two bedroom condo. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, uh, you, you can't even afford that. And, and I mean, like we talked about even one of our last episodes on not renting, please just uh, figure it out so that you guys can start building equity. It's, uh, it's way better than renting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so let's, so, you know, you talked about about the, the, um, the uh, amount you can qualify for coming down approximately four, four and a half percent, whatever the case may be. Um, just to kind of put that into perspective, some real world numbers, um, what, what that will, you know, if we, if we look at, at, um, uh, again, real world numbers, like how, what, how much your mortgage would be able to, would be, would be coming down. Uh, I'm going to give you some examples. And so this is, this is the actual mortgage itself, not the, not the purchase price, because I don't know how much you're putting down, right? So if you put down 20%, well then add 20% to that, right? If you're only putting down 10%, well then add 10% to that, right? So uh, you get the idea. This is for your actual mortgage amount, right? So if you are uh, if you're a first-time home buyer, right? Or you're you're, you know, your second-time home buyer, maybe you're moving from a condo to a, you know, a, a townhouse or something like that, depending on where you're buying. Uh, and let's just say that you you are qualified for a $600,000 mortgage. Um, currently. Right. And then what does that mean after June one? Okay. You're going to, that's going to drop your qualifying down to about, about 570. So you're going to lose about $30,000 uh, in borrowing power um, under the current rules versus the new rules that are coming into place. Uh, let's just say you got a slightly healthier budget and you're looking for uh, an eight, you're currently qualified for an $800,000 mortgage, uh, currently. Uh, then after June 1, that's going to drop to a $750,000 mortgage. So you're going to lose about $50,000 of buying power um, at the $800,000 mark. And then let's just say that you're a nice, healthy move up buyer. Uh, you're established in your careers uh, and you're, you're going to be taking on a, a much larger mortgage. You know, and you might've said, okay, uh, I can qualify for a million dollar mortgage uh so currently it's a million dollars after june 1 uh 945000 right so you're losing about $65,000 of borrowing power right so just to kind of put it into perspective right obviously you can see the percentage is going to be roughly the same uh but th- i mean obviously as you go higher um you know 4% is a uh, is a bigger number um sorry you know what I'm trying to say, right? The, the number of 4% is larger, right? The percentage is the same, but obviously the number is bigger, the higher you go. Right. So, um, yeah. So anywhere between like 30,000 on the lower end, you know, maybe up to 65,000 on the higher end, um, that that's going to be the difference. And, and you can see like, that's, if you're, if you're looking, you know, Ross, you're looking at some of the properties that uh, you're helping your buyers buy right now, you know, if you got a $50,000 spread or, a, you know, um, you're, you're well out of the game, right? Big time time out of the game, right? You're not even really close anymore. So just to try to put that into perspective a little bit.
0: No. And I mean, this, this episode is more guys, just, it's more of a current, this is what's happening right now. We want to educate you. So you understand that there's a huge opportunity right now to take advantage of the markets. We do anticipate there's going to be, this will be, you know, uh, we'll all be hearing about this in the coming days, whether it's on the news or from uh, from local realtors. But the reality is, is get your rates locked in. Let's get out, get started. Uh, we've got some amazing mortgage specialists out there. Uh, brokers, obviously, if you're comfortable within your umbrella of your bank, we understand that. But there's a lot of different products out there that uh, that will speak to you. And it's all about customizing to what makes the most sense. Um, you know, and, and then again, I can't emphasize enough about let's, just get your, uh, the reason that they we're doing this, as I said earlier, is that all the, all the household debt is that's why the banks are using this and it's gonna create a frenzy, but um, being careful with your credit, uh, you know, reducing your debt. Uh, you're gonna have to look at areas where maybe they're lower tax, property taxes, um, you know, to ensure that you're keeping your, your everyday, your, your household budget a little bit lower. Um, that's why they're doing this. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you don't want to be caught where you're paying that mortgage that from going from a twenty-five year amortization to thirty. That sounds awful, right? So, um, just get get organized and contact uh, Andrew and myself, and we can put you in contact with a mortgage representative right away.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I can I can tell that you're not a big fan of the thirty-year mortgage, um, which is fine to each their own. Uh, I I am I'm personally a fan of the thirty-year mortgage, but that that comes with conditions um, because it's not a matter of um, taking the longer mortgage so that you can have more money to spend, but it's realistically saying, okay, uh, what can I, like, I, I'm just going to make up numbers here. Cause I don't actually have them off the top of my head, but let's just say the difference between uh, a 25 year amortization and a 30 year amortization is 400 bucks a month, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say, um, you know, what can I do with that $400 a month that is going to be that I could get a higher return off of that $400 a month, sure. um, you know, then again, ridiculously low interest rates, right? So, um, you know, do I want to pay off, do I want to pay off, um, let's just say, let's just say I've got a car loan, right? That's at, that's at 8%, I'm just going to, again, you know, or 6% or whatever the case may be. Do I want to be paying off the 6% car loan? Uh, Or do I want to be paying off the, you know, one and a half percent mortgage, right? So for me, I would say I would rather take that extra money and throw it onto the car loan uh, and then roll that over into something else. And or, you know, if you carry credit card debt, pay that off, Um, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, if I can say I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to add to my RRSPs and I know that I'm historically getting, you know, I can look at a track record. I've got a good financial advisor. I'm not doing it myself, or I'm getting substantially higher. Like if you get, you know, you know that I I do my own trading, uh, you know, in and in I'll I'll easily do, you know, thirty to fifty percent a year. But most people don't don't have that knowledge base, right? So you know, if you're saying, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna re, gonna get a, an average return of eight percent, then I'd rather put my four hundred dollars in the eight percent than I would be to put the four hundred dollars into paying off the the one one and a half or two percent mortgage, right? Ladies
0: and gentlemen, Andrew might be doing a spin-off show for uh, for stock investing. Yes, you did hear it correctly. He did say 30 to 50% increase. Uh, no, I just had to give you a plug there. Obviously that's amazing and uh, you know, use of your money. Um, another thing too, just to comment is it, it, if you are doing well or you have uh, additional funds that come in, um, you wanna know like some of, your, some of the banks will offer you, you can pay down 10, 15, 20% of your principal um, as well too. And I mean, the name of the game is paying down that principal, right? Um, you know, I'm looking forward to paying off my car in the next couple months and eliminating those payments. It's, it's eliminating payments and paying down the principal, um, so that we can all get our money working for us. Like you obviously are in the stock game.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, and so, like you said, like, what, what are you going to do with that? Right. What are you going to do with that, with that money? Right. So, um, you know this this ends up turning about turning out turning into a, a a conversation about I guess wealth growth right wealth generation yeah. and building that kind of stuff right like how smart are you going to be with your money you're going to be like hey I just put off my car uh, I now have uh, you know I don't know I I I took the, I took the thirty year amortization I rolled it into my car that was I say let's just say it was a seven hundred dollar a month payment or something like that. Now I got that paid off, and I and I paid off something else, and now I've got twelve hundred dollars a month cash flow, right? The extra cash flow that I didn't that I didn't have before. What are you going to do with that? Are you going to say, "Woohoo! I'm going to go buy a luxury car now," and you just roll it back into bad debt, or are you going to say, "Okay, what can I do with twelve hundred bucks a month?" And maybe at that point you say, "Okay, here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to then roll that twelve hundred dollars a month into my mortgage payment, like you said, and start hammering down on my mortgage." which would then free up equity in my property so that I could refinance it, take it out and go buy an investment property with it. Right. When you start talking about, about return on investment, right. Return on capital, return on investment. The numbers get like you like incomprehensible when you start thinking about okay, okay, I've got I'm, again. I'm going to make up some numbers. I've got some. i got some money in my in my. I've got uh, two hundred thousand dollars in equity in my house because the market the, the market went up, and I'm and I can qualify to access that. So let's just say uh, on a normal investment property, I put twenty percent down, and on under normal out of know, my savings, I saved and I saved and I saved, and I came up with twenty percent out of the investment property, and I bought an investment property, and that in, that investment property. And, the, and it's not a crazy, stupid market where it's just going 30% a year. It's just, it's normal. We just say it's 6, 70% per year is going up, whatever. And that, that uh, ROI ends up being, um, you know, a, a 50% return on investment, let's just say. So I'm going to buy an investment property. It's going to go up. I'm going to pay down my mortgage. I'm going to get some cash flow. And, and my property is going to appreciate. And those together will, will equate to about a 50% return on investment every year. What happens when I borrow that down payment? Now it's not out of pocket service. It's not how much I invested because now instead of saying I I borrowed, I'm going to again, you borrow $100,000, I should say, right? What does it cost you to service $100,000 worth of debt at 2% or or actually it would be higher than that at at 3.5%, right? Let's just say it costs you... Um, and again, I don't have a calculator here or whatever, but let's just say it costs you, um, I don't know, $5,000 a year. It's probably be more than that, but let's just say it's $5,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Now what happens to your return on investment when really you're only investing $5,000 a year into that, what was 50% return on investment? I really should have had this planned out beforehand, but this is just a tangent that I'm going to oh, go on great. here. I, I think we're going somewhere with a, like a future episode. This ends up the, the, it ends up being like a 450% annualized return on investment. Right. And someone's like, you can't get that kind of a return. You can't get that kind of return. Well, why not? If you, if you do things properly, right. And, and you buy the right type of property and you buy the right and, and you, and you leverage your money and you're smart with your money and you don't spend it on dumb stuff. And Lord knows I spend money on dumb stuff. So I'm not being, I'll I'll be hypocritical there, but I know that I can tighten it up a little bit. And I know that everyone else can tighten it up a little bit. Right. But when, if you put a plan in place and you say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And this is, and this is how it's going to work. And then you look back a year later and you say, yeah, I put in $5,000 a year. So $600 a month to carry um, to carry the, uh, the 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 home equity line of credit, I took that home equity line of credit and I bought an investment property with it. And my investment property has gone up, you know, I don't know, five six percent this year. And I and I paid down my mortgage. Well, the tenant paid down my mortgage, and I made a hundred dollars a month on cash flow. Right, whatever the case may be. Boom! That, like the return on investment is ridiculous. Now take it a step further. This is where it gets really mind blowing. What happens, and it's going to be almost impossible in this market, but you can find them. What happens when the cash flow off of that property pays for your for your line of credit, um, uh, your, uh, your home equity line of credit payment? Amazing. It, 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 it's infinite return on investment because you're not putting anything into it, right? Uh, you're, that's the whole other people's money thing, right? OPM, other people's money. I'm going to borrow the, I'm going to borrow money from somebody and then that person's gonna pay me for what I bought it. And for the money that they paid me, I'm gonna pay back the person that I borrowed it from.
0: Leveraging time, leveraging other resources. Yeah, no, I like where you're going with this. Like get your money working for you, right? The financial fitness of having cash flow. It's the art of financing, you know, being able to, I mean, in in that day and age where you're that creative, where you can refinance by appreciating assets, get that positive cash flow. I mean, no better place to do it in real estate. But obviously,
1: you're you're doing great in stocks as well too. But uh, no, I mean that's, Just, that's. the stocks is it the stocks takes takes a lot more time, right? Real estate is is virtually passive, right? You you don't need to manage a property on an hour by hour basis, right? So the reason that that we people don't get into stocks and all that kind of stuff is they got full time jobs, and and I do too. And there's days that I'm like, ah, messed up because I wasn't there, right? I could be doing better. I could be doing a lot better, right? But uh, it is what it is. Right. So, but yeah, real estate is, it's a relatively slow moving ship. It's a big ship. It's a massive ship, but it's a, it's a slow moving ship. Right. So you're not going to get the, you know, the value of your home just dropped um, you know, 20% uh, in an hour. You know, it doesn't happen like that. You see stuff coming. And when, and even if something does these catalysts that are, that are, that are, that are coming. The stress test has been announced like months beforehand. You can prepare, you can, and then even still when it comes into play, the effects of that will take months to kind of play out. It's a slow moving ship. And then you can, you can adjust and pivot. You got time, right? You don't have to be, you know, overly emotional and reactionary in in real estate. I
0: honestly think that there is going to be some confusion in the market coming up. I really think that, we're about to see a second wave. We're gonna see a, a strong spring market as we've discussed, but I also anticipate that there's gonna be media saying that, oh, it's unsustainable, prices are going up too quickly, so on and so forth. So I honestly, right now, just for everyone out there that is listening to obviously our show, it's, there, there could be a little bit of confusion coming up in, in the weeks and months ahead, but we honestly can tell you that prices will continue to climb. Whether it's five percent, eight percent, ten percent, now I can tell you that my projected increase in homes this year is somewhere upwards of another ten to fifteen percent. Now that might be aggressive, but you know I don't want you to be sitting uh, in January, February, March of uh, 2022, going, "Oh well, I should have bought this year." Because how many times have we heard that? "Oh, I should have I should have bought when I first started looking." Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but none of us—it's uh, it, a process. It's understanding, and then a big component, like we've emphasized throughout this episode, is getting pre-approved, understanding, cleaning up your credit. What what can get your money working for you? That is what we're here to to serve you guys, to educate you. And I I love what Andrew just said there. I mean, that's so powerful in terms of we, where we all want to be, you know. Um, and and you can get there creatively if if you're um. If you're not afraid to, and you might make a couple mistakes along the way, but at least you'll have, you'll be
1: building equity. Yeah. It's just, it takes, I mean, the other thing too, is it takes, it takes time, right? It's uh real estate can be boring and it should be boring. You shouldn't be so emotionally exciting that you're like, Oh my God, every day it's like, it's a roller coaster. No, it shouldn't be like that. Right. Real estate is a slow moving ship. It should be done with, with It should be thought out. It should be purposeful. You put the work in, you put the time in, um, and then you set it up and it does its thing and and you just, you just let it do its its thing, right? You don't plant a seed for in a vegetable garden and sit there being like, how come it hasn't grown? How come it hasn't grown? How come it hasn't grown? Right. And then when you finally see it breaking out of the soil, you're not like, well, I'm going to harvest it. I'm going to harvest it. I'm going to harvest it. Right. It doesn't work like that. Real estate is, is the same. Right. Um, you just have to be patient with it. That's what that's what we said earlier, right? Uh it's it's a 5 year five at least 5 year. It's a 5 year game at least, right? Let it do its thing. I we we bought our property, you know, this is before I kind of ended up learning um learning more about the stock market and all that kind of stuff. I didn't have faith in it. I didn't have faith in financial these so-called financial advisors, et cetera, uh with their MERs and I'm going to, you know, your property your 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 portfolio is going to go up 4% this year, but I'm going to take 3 of it um and when it goes down i'm also going to take 3 of it uh you know i just i don't believe in that right so uh, years ago we said okay we're going to buy an investment property for our kids education fund right so when our kids go to university i said well how are we going to pay for three kids to be in university all at the same time I bought an investment property right well ahead and i and this it's just doing its thing and and in fact uh we bought it for we bought a townhouse in milton for 330 Uh, and I, and and I felt that by time the kids went to university, I would have enough money if the property was worth 550,000. And I said to myself, who in their right mind is going to pay $550,000 for a townhouse in Milton? I'm like, that's just, that's just bonkers. But I thought, well, I got 15 years for that to happen. So maybe it will. Well, you know, geez, I mean, I could sell that. I could sell that for 750 to 800,000 all day long. Yeah. Easily.
0: Right. No, but where will it be?
1: <laughs> where when will they don't, when they go to university, I don't know. It'll be a million dollars or more, right? Yeah. So you know, let let it do its thing. Put use time on your hands.
0: I'm a big believer that we should all own three properties, right? Um, our primary residence, uh, and then I'm going to argue two investment properties by the time I'm done saying this. But uh, an investment property with where you're getting positive cash flow, and then a vacation property, which in this day and age could be an additional investment property, right? Yeah. And then with positive cash flow, so on and so forth, uh, pyramid payment where you're paying down one of those um, properties aggressively. Ideally, you get to a point where your primary residence paid down, and then you can start focusing on paying those other properties down. You can be creative and refinance and buy additional properties or go into stocks or diversify. Uh, but the name of the game is uh, is, is getting is making it happen. Right, you know, get your money working for you. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. That that's it, man. That's it. Uh, if you buy even if you buy one investment property, just one, yeah, you're you're better off than ninety percent of the population. Right, you're set up. Right, your 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 retirement is it just got just got a, a, a little dose of of I don't know, nitrous oxide or whatever it is. Trouble. I like how the stress test episodes turned into episode <laughs> four of the investment I, l- series. I like how you thought that because I was just thinking about the title you're like stress test and episode four
0: <laughs> no but like so and just to finish that guys like you think about it too like what we've talked about is uh, <laughs> rental amounts are only increasing right so if you're continuing to earn additional principal year in year out you can then afford to pay down uh, you, the in, additional income each year, you can afford to pay down your principal a lot quicker. So, like Andrew said, it, it is a bit of a a slow game, but you should be excited about the property you buy, and then know that it's uh, it, it's a hold. And I I would argue uh, many many more years than five years. But uh, you know, I know a lot of people out there that buy properties and then they're flipping them within two. Sure,
1: and well, and that's a good point, right? Um, that goes back to some of our first comments about in episode one about the type of property you want to buy. Obviously you're not going to buy a, a flip and hold it for five years minimum, right? That was, that's not what we meant, but if you're, if it's a buy and hold, you want to hold it for probably five years, right? That, you know, to maximize what you're going to get out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Or a refinance
1: where yeah, like yeah, uh, you know, flip,
0: flip yourself, you get that money working for you again, add water, repeat. Um, and one of the things that we, talked about too, like previous episodes is is converting those properties right converting those properties like say you got a bungalow and the zoning allows in Cambridge for you to turn it into two semis and you've got the parking well all of a sudden lo and behold you could be living in one or you could be renting them both out and you've just literally doubled your income yeah yeah for sure all right wrap this bad boy up or what episode 11 ladies and gentlemen i am uh, very pleased to be here with my friend andrew roach i am ross bridges this is the rmb real estate show we are here helping you find your way home